Welcome back. Beards Watch Podcast, episode 211, Charleston number one podcast recorded in the basement. Back after a week off, did a little beach vacay. So I was telling Duvall before, we were supposed to go to Holden Beach. Hurricane came in and said, nah, so we did a quick little uh, reverse slash remix slash audible. Went to Surfside, ended up having a good little time. So yes, we are back. Full house. We've got... Two Kevins, a Jeeves, and a Duval. So and I, now i got to start with Kevin intro first because I just noticed you're rocking the nice new Beards Wash tee there. Oh, yeah, i got to rock the new merch, you oh, know. So you got, a, you got a red one and you got that nice crisp blue one. Yeah, yeah, I kind of okay. did it by accident, but, <laughs> but I'm glad I have a new shirt. That, oh, perfect, yeah. We're glad, <laughs> we're glad you have two shirts as well. It's been a while, so Kevin, how you been? I'm good, I'm good. Hanging in there. Uh... Trying to get things back to normal best I can. Glad there's some sports going on. Yeah. A little bit of NBA, a little bit of baseball. How do you NHL playoffs? How do you feel about Ohio State not playing this year now? I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. I just don't think there's any way to. I don't know. We we could get into it. I don't I don't think there's any way for uh, college kids to do it <laughs> safely. In my yeah. opinion. Uh, ACC and SEC seem to be strong, ready to rumble. Yeah, so. I, I think the SEC is going to play. Yeah. We'll see. I, it's, it's almost to the point, I think, that there's so much money that by doing this cancelization, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big wave of just businesses you didn't even think of that are going to start right. shuttering now, you know? So, but, all right, well, Kevin, where can you be found if you want to be found? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Crazy for Cleveland. That's C-R-Z-Y, the number four in Cleveland. All right. Oh, anything else? Nope, you're good. Oh, okay. And then Duval rocking the, uh, is that the Ed Reed or the Sean Taylor? Sean. The Sean, Sean Taylor. Taylor? Okay. Sean Taylor um, special. But uh, thanks again for having me, man. Um, always a pleasure to be here. I, I figured I would wear the uh, college football jersey just in honor of the simple fact that I don't know if there will be college football, but um, – you know, we can only hope and see. Uh, kind of spoke to how Kevin was. It's kind of good to see sports back, even if it's in a bubble. And really, the basketball bubble looks like 2K to me, honestly. <laughs> the shop in there and everything. It really looks like 2K. Yeah. But, uh, if, you're, if you're looking for me, Rod versus Duvall on Twitter, uh, Instagram, just Duvall. All right, so Duvall also has a competition going on or a challenge right now. He turns 31, what, August 28th or something? 29th. 29th. I was a day off. My apologies. And he's got this what, walk or run 31 miles since you're turning 31 in the month of August. Duvall, where are you on that challenge right now? Um, I, I am actually at 24 miles. So wow. I'm looking to step the game up. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I am thankful. Surprisingly, a lot of people have jumped in. A lot of friends, family. My grandma, she sent me a text. Like, in the middle of the morning, she was just like, hey, just so you know, you need to write mine down because I don't have an app. So I'm, I'm, up, I'm up to eight miles, and this is last week. So she's been walking, I think, a mile and a half or two up an hour in the middle. So yeah. um, she's doing good. Um, you know, I, I thank you, Jacob, for doing it, too. You know, you and the wife and kind of sent it to everybody and, like, everybody. I think the, the good thing about it is, is even if you don't hit the 31 miles, at least you were able to kind of get – walk in and active, get some air, get some breathers over the course of the month. And you, who knows, you know, some people might stick to it throughout the year. It may not be 31 miles, but maybe, you know what, I'm going to do 10 or 15 each month and yeah. see how it goes. So, yeah. yeah, I think I'm at it about, I looked last night, I cra- we cracked off two last night, I'm at about 13, I think, is where I'm sitting at right now. We did about two, two and a half while we were at the beach. Finally, a couple days in, we are like, I got to go after drinking beers every day. We got to at least crack something off. So we did that. And then trying to keep it up here in the neighborhood. We got us a good two, two and a half little walk. Actually, Jeeves, we walked by your parents' house and saw your truck at their house the other day, just last night. Figured you was doing mowing the grass or yeah, changing it. I, I, uh, I was over there mowing the grass for them. Okay. Since I didn't Saturday. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. And speaking of parents, Duval, my mom actually, my parents are doing it as well. They wanted to join the challenge and she was sending me her stuff. I think. They've been walking every day since the first, and they're already up. I think they're around the same, like, 24 miles. They've been getting up. Her and my dad have a two, two-and-a-half-mile loop they do on the greenway near their house. So, they are three miles. But they, 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 they're pretty far along. I was like, wow, okay. Everybody's got to step the game up. So That's, that's good. And I saw uh, 
So I think Cheeks is up to like 16 or something. Okay, okay. Something like that. So so he's, I, I was like, y'all are really getting it in. You yeah. Know, that, that's a really good thing, you know. I'm surprised, you know, that the competitor that you are, you didn't say, okay, well, I might try and get more than Cheeks, so I'm going to get more than Jerry Oh, I've already got more than Jerry see? <laughs> see? <laughs> see, I went, see, she had to go to work on Friday to go into the office, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go see if my mom wants to walk. So I went over there during the day and walked with my mom because, you know, my mom, she at least hang out with me, hang out with Luke. She's all about that. So went over there and cracked off two and a half. So now I got a little buffer because she always be cheating. She'll be starting to act like in the in the house before we walk to get a couple steps in. And then even though we walk the same amount, she's like point three or four ahead. So now I've got a little bit of buffer on, but we're still going to keep it going. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's been a good little challenge, especially to get up and get motivated and do something even though through these weird wild times. So, all right, Jeeves, how you doing? Oh, we're doing good. Yeah. It, it was a little rough day at work today, but we made it through. What, why was it rough? Uh, we had we had one guy, his last day was Friday. Okay. So he hasn't been there the last two days. Uh, another guy wasn't there, hasn't been there the last two days. And we had one guy in orientation from 9 to 2. And then we had another guy had to leave, kid. So it was a lot of people were missing or had to leave early. So luckily the boss man brought uh, boss of pizzas. <laughs> actually physically leave to go to lunch. Uh, it was all good. I, I even got to take a whole pizza home, so I didn't have to buy dinner. Oh, look at that! Living the good life, Gene. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now, if y'all want to find me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Jeeves1988. All right. For me, JRO Nation, Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch Podcast on Facebook, the Beards Watch on Twitter and Instagram, and then our YouTube with our reaction videos. Uh, we got, just did, knocked out two more brewer reviews. Jeeves was just, just on some of those. And then um, Beardio Carts, all that good stuff. Find that they see me rolling subscribe like comment all that good stuff we've got two more beerios to be released and who knows what up kevin we got to get you you the one who yeah, brought the game yeah you brought the game over to the house and you haven't even jumped on the sticks yet <laughs> Give me the invite i'll be in all right well have to, yeah I'll, I'll definitely have to send you over we'll get a couple rounds in so all right so yeah and then as i said earlier as kevin does and as jeeves have done go buy a t-shirt so go find that t-spring all yeah, that good I, stuff have you watched yours t-shirts yet yeah, I've watched them a couple of times. Did you? Uh, Say that again. Did you did you drive in the dryer or did you paint dry? I I drove them uh, I, I, in the dryer. Yeah. All right. Jeez, I guess it's just, getting washed. I guess it's just fine, then. Yeah, yours are breaking up. The first time I washed it and dried it, it started to peel. Oh uh, really? No, yeah, mine haven't peeled. Yeah. So I gotta bring it over to Jacob's house so we can write up a write up something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was pillow because of the washer, geez, not any extra cat curricular activity that you got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. So yeah, go subscribe and that stuff is all well. Yeah. Alright, so our next our guest for tonight, let's see. I think he said it pretty perfectly. I had forgotten. We were we played T ball together way back and I wanna say that was like Golly, I don't know, 95, 96, I don't know. And then and then he was behind me in, in grade school, I want to say like first or second grade, and got moved up a grade, and then I was his like show him around the classroom buddy for like one or two days as you do when you like a new student slash you jumped up a grade. I think it I don't know, first or second, whatever I said. Yeah, class. that's right, Miss Grinning's class. Yeah, you know, the other day I found some old report cards and I was like, I wonder what she's up to. And I hadn't Facebook stalked her, but I just had that feeling of she's got to be like fifty or something now, right? We're all old, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we went to elementary school for a little bit. Then a new charter school opened up, and then we reconvened back at Hopewell, and again brought up this is an all Hopewell alumni podcast tonight. And then hung out a little bit throughout college, reconvened a couple years after we graduated in like 2011, and then all of a sudden up and just bounced to Colorado, and we'll get to that. So, uh, Kevin Beatty, man, how you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. After, as we started doing, you know, did the podcast for, for years, and all of a sudden Corona hit, I was like, okay, maybe we should start doing these via Zoom just to be safe. 
It opened up a wide range of guests. And I thought, oh, wait, why not get somebody who's way out in Colorado and see what he's up to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, things are good out here. You know, we've got two hours behind you, so yep. like, y'all, are, y'all are all going to go to bed after this and then go have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's good, you know. Uh, I live in Denver. It's like a pretty great place to be. Yeah. Uh, I'm a reporter here for a local radio station, so talking on a microphone is something I'm used to every now and then. Yeah. So what, when did you get out to Colorado and what finally brought that gumption to get out there? Oh man, it's not a good story how I got out here. (laughs) (laughs) I spent, I spent like six months driving around the country with a woman I was dating. We like just crash landed without any money here. Okay. And uh, that ended, I would say, um, fortuitously. But I stuck around, and like soon after, after the relationship was over, I got a job with a startup news outlet. I've been running and gunning with my camera pretty much ever since. So. Okay, so so you were hanging, you were with a lady, driving around the country. Everything led you to Colorado, and then how? What you and the lady just parted ways, just wasn't working. Wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you know, it's it's a hard place to leave. Denver. I mean, there's like, so the, the time that I arrived, there were like thousands of people coming here from all over the place because marijuana had just become legalized. Yep. So you know, a lot of people who were coming for that, a lot of people coming for good weather, uh, and it was just like becoming a hip, hip place to be. And so, like, I sort of arrived like in the middle of this like huge surge of people showing up. And, uh, you know, it's just like, I, I love this city. I know more about Denver now than I knew anything about Charlotte. Partially because of my job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people are like diving into it, but like I, I have always said, if I ever decide to leave here, it'd be one of the harder decisions I've ever. Yeah. Like, so very easy place to fall Yeah. So what made you get into your job you're at now? Because I don't think was this your initial like when you crash landed there. This wasn't like okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think it was. I it mean, was okay. I remember so. Before I left Charlotte, I was doing video journalism. Okay. Uh, sort of around the DNC. It was like 2012. So I was working for Charlotte Magazine. I did like some small stuff for Creative Living while they were still around. Yeah. Uh, and so I was kind of like waiting to get uh, situated in the city again where I could pursue it, uh, pursue photojournalism. And then that sort of grew into writing and radio and some other stuff. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. What is your what is your particular focus out there? So okay, so I work for Denverite.com, a local news. We're, we're like an editorial department of our local radio. So it's, it's like a six person staff, and I'm the one photojournalist for the whole staff. So like half my job is producing pictures and video and like graphs and maps and stuff like that for the other reporters, and then the rest of my time is dedicated to reporting on kind of whatever I want. So. It's a pretty broad range of stuff, like things that are photogenic and interesting to look at. But um, I've been spending a lot of time in the last couple of years reporting on like immigration and uh, like social equity, um, like sort of like social justice and stuff like that. The thing that I'm working on right now is like youth violence issues because like nationwide we're seeing an uptick in violent crime. It's sort of related to the, um, the recession with the pandemic. We saw like a similar uptick in that after the 2008 financial crisis too. So, you know, sort of like looking at that, like looking at equity and like today I was writing a story about how youth violence and access to education are related. So okay. it's like, it's like kind of niche, but it's like one of like several niche areas that I'm in. Because I'm on the ground with camera, like I know a lot of people in this town. It's like just like kind of, kind of surfing contacts, sources, and just like meeting new people all the time. It's pretty cool. Nice. So, what's what's one of your favorite stories you've done out there? All right. So there's this guy. His name's Obi Fon. He's a he's a refugee asylum asylee actually from Cameroon, a country in Africa. And he, long story short, there's been civil unrest in in Cameroon for a long time. And he finally, the threat to his life was so great that he pulled some resources inside the leave. So he flew to Ecuador. And basically hoofed it, walking, taking boats, buses, and horseback, like from Ecuador all the way up to the U.S. border, so he could declare asylum and have his asylum case, um, get, you know, 
decided upon. So this was like uh, three, four years ago. So he shows up at the U.S. border. I mean, like, first of all, like the journey between Ecuador and the border was like a pretty intense thing. And so he's riding along. He's like in Honduras or something like that, like on a horse. And he realizes that he's lost like his most precious item on the way up. It's a ping pong paddle. And he's like, yo, like I know that we're all trying to get up the border together, but like ping pong battles somewhere back there, like here's like 20 bucks, I need y'all to just like stay put so I can go find my paddle. We pays this group off, like runs back into the jungle by himself and like finds this ping pong battle, he calls it his blade. And so this is relevant because when he finally gets into the US, the government decides to declare his asylum case, uh, to allow him to uh, pursue his asylum case. They, he's in detention for like nine months waiting for him to make this decision, it's like essentially jail. Finally, he, he gets out, and he's just sort of like booted out into Colorado, and he's gotten his asylum claim, but he has to wait until his job uh, certification comes through. And he needs money because the English side of Cameroon, where his wife and his baby daughter is, they have the internet shut off, so he can't just like jump on a computer and talk to her like we are. He needs to buy phone cards so he can talk to the baby. He can't work, but he can play ping pong, and Obi Fan is the greatest ping pong player like you have ever seen. So there's this mm. ping pong bar in Denver. Dude wins $1,000 on his first uh, his first tournament. And then every week after that, there's a tournament for like 25 bucks. And he wins every week. His, his words, because he, he had to win. Because he needed to go find his phone cards and like take care of himself so he could finally get a job. And so he finally, he, he got a job and was able to sort of like play ping pong for fun again. But he's like an extremely dynamic character. Finally, after years of waiting, his wife and his daughter finally made it over to the U.S. too. So they've been reunited. It's just like this crazy story. That is. That's like a weird. Feels like it could be a, a movie. Someone would make a movie out of that. <laughs> I mean, playing the ping pong aspect was thrown into like Forrest Gump at one point, but like that's just. It seems like you could delve into that. I mean, that's just wild. To, to win so you could buy a phone card to talk to your family and then just keep playing. I mean, that's just... Did you ever actually play him? No. I wouldn't say it. That's so, like, there's no point. I watched him, and, you know, when he's got someone who's, like, you know, who's a real contender, they're just going so fast. I mean, yeah. Like for his gun, like, speed. Yeah. He, he's an athlete, though. He played professional soccer in Cameron before he left, so he's uh, an athletic dude. So now is... Are they all living in Colorado now? Yep, they're all here. Um, they, he, he, they basically, I think they live fairly cheaply because there's a, so when you leave these immigration detention centers, there's often not, like, anything out there for you. Like, people, people used to just get, like, dropped off overnight. Right? Yeah. Sleep on a bench or something. It's non-profit. Um, it's non-profit that was founded to basically go pick people up and give them a place to stay until they, like, most people who leave these detention centers, like, have somewhere to go. They just got to get there. So this nonprofit started up to sort of help people do that. So he's been like their living volunteer for four, three or four years now. And so they're like, you know, not, not only did he have this experience himself, he's like talking to a lot of people from all over the world for like sort of being up here and just sort of getting fucked out of the system. So that's your favorite story. Has there been one story that's kind of like just kind of broken you in a sense and made you just rethink all of humanity? Man, I mean, that happens like once a week. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like at, at this point, I, I sort of fear that I'm like, I'm, I'm expecting the worst out of things. But I mean, I'll give you an example. Last Friday, I published a story. So homelessness is a big problem in the city of Denver. Um, it's become much more visible during the pandemic because for one, for, on, on one hand, the cleanup, um, sort of the mandated cleanups from the city have slowed down because the CDC says you shouldn't be dispersing people. Yeah. They're still doing it because people, uh, neighbors who are housed and live in these areas are, you know, upset about large, huge encampments sort of like growing in their neighborhoods. So this keeps happening and, and it's a really vexing problem because, you know, just making somebody pack up and move to another block, like, doesn't really solve the problem. It's just sort of like <laughs> making them move on. Yeah. Just pushing it, pushing it down the road a little bit. I mean, it's pushing. It's, it's like pushing it to the right. Yeah. Next week, push it to the left. And yeah. Next week, we'll push it to the right. I mean, it happens all the time. You know, housing is the biggest problem, but like Denver, as I'm sure is uh, a problem, a growing problem in Charlotte too. Like, you know, you're talking about living in the places where the, where the housing's cheaper. It's like, you know, it's like housing in cities is just the 
prices have just gone up. And oh, yeah. A lot of people that I talked to who are living on the street in Denver, you know, once lived, like grew up in the same neighborhoods where they're living on the street now. And so the story I published last week was, it was essentially about the mental health toll that those, those sweeps can have on these folks. And also how much more difficult it makes it for service providers to continually give people services and sort of get them down that track of getting mental health, uh, mental health um, help and then help addiction and then into housing. It's like sort of this continuum, right? Your client is moving every couple of weeks, like pretty hard to you know, catch up with them. And so like, of course, it's a complicated issue and folks who are neighbors there who are concerned about, you know, open drug use and violence and stuff like that don't have valid concerns. But it was, you know, it was important for me to try and like humanize the experience of the folks that are getting moved along. Like part of my job is to elevate the voices of people with the least power. And it was a difficult thing to tell, right? I mean, you've got, I witnessed the guy shouting at the sky in a, in a, in a blind rage while I was reporting the story. It's, you know, it sucks to see that happen to your fellow man, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that would definitely tear you down. Now, I know you also have kind of chimed in with some stuff on the story here. The kind of big story in Huntersville slash Cornelius is that eye cancer one, the ocular cancer that kind of struck. Obviously, we know one of your good buddies, Pete Colbert, that you, you grew up with, I grew up with in a, in, a, in a sense, a way you were closer to him. Obviously, you guys grew up in the same neighborhood, but his sister died from it a couple years ago, and it's there's more cases that popped up. And I want to say... You, what you're, it came out what a couple months ago. Your one of your pieces you did, and it kind of got the ball rolling on some stuff, right? Or was it a year ago? Just people just re, retweeted it. I think brought it back to light. Yeah, that was funny. So I, I work for an environmental journalism group. Um, Throwing a conference every year. We're doing it virtually this year. It's corona. Yeah. Um, there's a there's somebody on our board. She's about our age, and she had started a publication called Southerly. It's, it's focused on health and environmental issues in the South, a lot of equity in the South. She's, like, really committed to telling these, like, super local stories, you know, rural areas and suburban areas. And so, I, you know, I, I was following what she was doing because I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, as much as I love Denver, it was cool to have a good way to keep tabs on what was happening in, in the South. Like, you know, I still feel a lot of connection to the region. Yeah, and uh, you know every now and then, like some report or something would come out about Huntersville, and I would just forward it to her to be like, I just want somebody to know this still exists, because at that point, I mean, it had probably been it had been a, quite a while since Keenan died. Yeah, but the issue and and the, and the town's um, investigation into it was still going on, and there was still this energy around it. So I was sending stuff to her, and she was like, "So you're gonna write about this or what?" I was like, <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> So, like, first thing I did was call Pete's mom and just to get the lay of the land, like, see if there was some room for reporting to be done. We talked for, like, an hour. I, I, I don't know. I, I've been covering environmental stuff since I left Charlotte, and I sort of felt like I wasn't a reporter when I was, before I moved. I mean, I sort of, like, learned how to do this as I left. Yeah. And I felt, like, a little guilty that, like, there was this, like, huge thing that, like, really affected area that we are all from, and I, yeah. I, I felt a little bit of guilt that I hadn't done anything about it, so when I had a chance, I was like, screw it, like, let's do this, and so, you know, I've got a full-time job, so you guys, like I said, y'all are on East Coast time, right, so I would wake up at six, <laughs> a few hours reporting on East Coast time, and then, like, go to work, and then, like, come home, and, like, transcribe my interviews, and, like, do more research in the end. In the end, it turned out to be about the ocular melanoma that is recognized by international researchers as, as unusual for the area, yeah. you know, for, for how often it is. But also thyroid cancer in Mooresville and just the prevalence of historic pollution and questions about where historic pollution is in the region. So, you know, what, <laughs> you know, I learned, I learned a lot about Huntersville when I was doing that too. It's funny how my, how this job just like open your eyes to something. But like, you know, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about why Lake Norman exists yeah. until like, the story. And suddenly I was like deeply immersed in the history of like of Lake Norman and its foundation. You know, there's, there's a uh, Revolutionary War graveyards down there. The guy Davidson is named after his, his grave is buried beneath that water in yep. cars and factories and all sorts of stuff. Well, yeah, because it always pops up too when a diver will go missing 
and then they figure out he got trapped in a house or a, or something like that that was buried. I feel like every yeah, like a three, like someone will just go out and get caught on something that they're going out just looking for stuff. It happens like every five to seven years, you'll see a story of someone going missing. And it's like, oh, his, his suit got caught on something. They're just looking for either artifacts or a sunken boat or someone lost their wallet or whatever it is. And they got dive gear. And that water is so disgusting as it is anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when someone, yeah, when you think of someone doing it, but that's it, it. You think of, like you said, there's houses under there. There's different graveyards of how there was a sprawling town where Lake Norman was and they flooded the whole thing. So. But then, like, yeah, I remember reading your story and kind of, like, connecting those dots and seeing all that stuff happen in different stories. I mean, like I said, I get my, you know, it's been what prevalent more in females than males. Correct. But I still make sure I get that eye checkup once a year to make, you know, just just to cover all the bases. You know, it's funny. Um, after that story came out, I started getting notes from people who, you know, we're concerned about things, and you know, part of the part of the reason this issue is so difficult is that, like, first of all, you're talking about like I don't know, like six six to ten people who are, who are diagnosed with this disease. Yeah. You know, the prevalence of the disease, like, that's really high. But, like, as far as number of people, it's not a lot. Yeah. Somebody's getting like this dude just a couple of weeks ago sent me an, uh, an email saying that he had two friends, not related, about the same age, who worked on this housing development in Davidson, and both came down with this like super rare leukemia. It's like like, you know, like, could that be a thing? Like, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah. Super hard super hard to prove that. Yeah. yeah like, it's, you know, coincidences are are, are weird things. So, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, yeah. And that would, that would be tough just getting random emails of some of people's, like, worst scenarios all the time. Like, yeah. I, I, I hate it. I'm part, I'm part therapist. And it was a good yeah. thing I was a, a waiter and a bartender. <laughs> that's very very true all right so back back to more happier times maybe or in 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 denver so what would be like what do you think's in your future you, you stay in there for a while or you you know i got a pretty good thing going here it's okay hard to shape this well plus the house has to be from my girlfriend oh okay so if so if this relationship goes south, if this relationship goes south, you got to move out. <laughs> so okay, so you're there for a while. Yeah. What do you, you still see yourself working? I mean, obviously, I, I don't want you to trash your place you're working, but do you see your say, you know, self staying there, or is there any other other goals or steps to take? to get somewhere you know, else. Uh, I mean, like, telling stories with a camera is, like, the, the my lifeblood, so no yeah. matter what happens, like, I'll be doing that. Um, I think I would like to focus on how uh, migration patterns are affected by climate change, because I think that's something that, um, that we can we can start to understand, you know, like, immigration, super political issue, climate, super political issue, like, maybe it's a bad idea, but, like, you know, I think there's some... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's 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 some room to sort of humanize like the reasons why people move away from their homes, and especially if it's if it's an issue like climate where we have some responsibility in that. I mean, I'm curious to explore sort of like what the choice that we make here, how that affects who shows up at our borders. Um, so that's something I want to do long term, but I don't speak Spanish very well, and that's kind of the region of the world I want to I want to focus on. So I'm gonna have to figure that out. Okay. But you know, I think there's another thing too, which is. And so that's like a goal I've had for a while. But I think there's something too about reporting on the things that you know, sticking close to, to people that you really like have spent time with. Like it would be it would be a little bit irresponsible to just like, as we say, parachute into a different country and try and understand them. Yeah. So it takes time. So reporting locally here is something that I like have a lot of pride in because I know this community as well or better than most people spend a lot of time in the crevice and corner and sort of get the nuance. It's it's the reason why coming home to talk about the Ocular Melanoma story is really important. It's it you know there are details and things about life in Lake Norman area and in Charlotte that like I have special we, we all have special, you know, sort of insights into it. It's 
in a way, it makes me feel qualified to tell that story. It's yeah. Like, there's, I'm always concerned about that. Who, who is telling the story? Like, who, who has the opportunity to write history as it were, right? So, um, so in that way, sticking around and staying in Denver is something, you know, has value to it, for sure. Okay. Duval, you got anything? Yeah, so as far as I know you were talking about climbing. Um, so how was the transition as far as elevation in Denver? Because I know it's kind of, the, 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 like, the, that, and then, like, how was the winter? Like, you know, I, I hear that they're much longer and much colder. And, I mean, from the south, I mean, you know, you got to think about it. I mean, we get a half an inch of snow, you know, hopefully we were sitting at home and there was a three to four-hour delay. You know, how was it in Denver and then the elevation? How was that adjustment? Or did it not take as much of an adjustment as most people say? Okay, so let's start with the elevation. So when I when I arrived here, I actually was in Estes Park, which is a good deal higher than Denver. So like a lot of people think Denver is in mountain, not like we call it the front range, like flat flat area. And then like right over here, like Denver's here, and like right over here, the mountains start to I actually moved up in the mountains, so like I don't think I really noticed having to deal with being up high, although potentially it's easier to get drunk up there. <laughs> but what I did notice, what I did notice was, so after I had been in Estes Park for a minute, I was running a conference in Palm Springs, which is below sea level. It's like you know, pretty much Death Valley, right? And uh, I was running through the desert, like trying to like do things for the conference. And I was like, my God, I'm the fastest person alive. Like I can like, like, I'm in really good shape. This is amazing. I just run forever. And then I realized, like, oh, wait, it's sort of the reverse of that. You know, the reason why Olympic athletes come up here to train. Yeah. And then after a couple of days, it kind of wears off. And so that is an incredible feeling. When I go home, well, when I go to visit my parents in Florida, like, I have this, like, you still have that. You can, like, bike for 30 miles and not stop. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the temperature, all right. So I got I to gotta say, uh, Colorado winters, Denver winters, worse than Charlotte, sure. Although, <laughs> although we don't get the ice storms here that, that y'all get sometimes. Like those are yeah, those 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 stink. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I went to college in Boston. A northeast winter is really hard, and Denver is like pretty good. Like you'll get like a couple of days of snow where it's like gross cold, and then it's like sixty or seventy degrees again. You're like back out in flip flops. It was like melting snow all around it. It's sunny and great. <laughs> uh, you know, weather-wise, what I miss most about, one of the things I miss most about North Carolina is like on a July evening, like midnight, it's like you can like feel the heat like radiating off, off the cement and it's just like perfect. Denver like lives and dies by the sun. There is no humidity here, which is great. There's no mosquitoes, which I don't yeah. miss at all. But like that air doesn't hold any of that heat. So as soon as the sun goes down, like you get kind of chilly, like you know, even on a summer night, uh, you don't get, you know, there's not, there's not nice lakes here. You, you're not throwing your big bonfires like you did up here then during those summer nights. So illegal. It's so illegal here. Really? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, there are fire bands almost all summer long because it's so dry. Ah. Doing, we have two huge fires burning. On the other side of the state right now, and yeah. Denver is covered in smoke this morning because of it. I mean, it's like wow. it's a big deal. It's not like you know we were maybe a little fast and loose with our fire safety, <laughs> but uh, but at least it was like humid and it would probably rain the next day. To yeah, like, really, uh, like nature would come and fix it. But it's, you do not mess with that here. You can light a whole a whole city on fire. Yeah, nothing like throwing uh, those old Christmas trees. Just watching them things burn up real fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you did mention uh, your parents. I remember they sold their house what a year ago, two years ago. You're in Winfield, iconic house. They're in Florida now. How was that transition? Since you don't really, because your brother's not still in North Carolina, right? No, he's in Connecticut. He's in Connecticut. So how is that? Do you ever come back and visit Charlotte slash North Carolina at all? Now that your parent like. What's your, you know, kind of move slash being an adult kind of shenanigans there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I was there a little more than a year ago twice for the yeah. story. Yeah. So I was there, I was in Raleigh, and, and uh, I stayed with Pete uh, in Raleigh, and then I was in, in uh, Huntersville, stayed with the Forehands, 
And, uh, you know, uh, it was weird being, first of all, it's weird being back because like, I was driving. I, I found myself, I drove to my old house, like, absentmindedly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the deer, I was just kind of here for me. <laughs> uh, um, and so it's like work and weddings right now, I think. Yep. Right? There's enough, I think you guys probably know what I'm talking about. There's enough weddings to go around that, like, it's kind of hard to take off on a trip. Elsewhere. Yeah. Elsewhere. Absolutely. Elsewhere. Yeah. Of course, right now, because it's nobody's going to go anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I expect I'll be back next year for a wedding. Okay. Right. Look forward to that. Yeah. All right. Where'd your Where'd your parents move in Florida again? They're near Tampa. Okay. Was that their always retirement dream? Was like once um, the kids are gone and they're the kids are well off, like all right, it's time to peace out. I think so. My mom wanted to live by the beach. I think as soon as she arrived. In yeah. 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 At least now you got a beach spot whenever you you know you need to go to Tampa or anything. Sure. Just gotta stay with my mom. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the trade off. I mean, hey, it, story, yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Uh, now, now, from a sports standpoint, um, as we're all for the most part. Cedarfield games, Kevin would be the one basically taking photos and, and giving us some cool action shots of just like backyard football stuff. So that was always kind of cool to have. But you know, you got to dive in every now. I mean, those are, uh, that pops up every now and then on my time hop of some of those old photos you took, and they're still high quality, pristine photos. <laughs> are you a sports fan and wondering why guys like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade are drinking wine rather than the bushlight you might be drinking right now? What if I told you I'd be willing to give you $50 in free wine to find out? High quality wine is both enjoyable and easier on your body. So if you've been thinking about trying some good quality wine, but you're not really sure where to start, you're stuck in the house and looking for some entertainment, or you're already a wino and looking to try something new, I've got a great idea for you. Scout Circle allows you to have a variety of wines that are cleanly crafted and handpicked by a level three sommelier automatically shipped to your doorstep at your desired frequency. All the wine inside will be in, will be free of any chemicals or added sugar that you'll see in most wines in the store, and they'll have the lowest possible amount of sulfites included. So you can forget about the beer bloat while you're drinking or the headache the next day that won't come with the highest quality of wine out there. And each box comes with fun facts to teach you about the wine that you're drinking and, you'll, and about the small vineyard that you're helping to support. Plus, if you're still hesitant, all the wine in your box will come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're unsatisfied with a bottle for any reason, just let me know, and I'll replace it for you with the same one or any other wine on my site at equal or lesser value. To sign up, just head to my Instagram at wineunderthebridge and click the link in my bio. If you have any questions when you get there, just send me a DM. 
I'll be happy to help. New members that sign up for this program before the end of May will receive $50 in free wine credits when they receive their third shipment to use on any additional bottles that you left. So head over to at Wine Under the Bridge on Instagram and eliminate the guesswork while trying something new and fun with your family or friends. A glass of wine a day will keep your beer good away. Cheers. But, all right, so staying there, do you feel like you've you found love then, Kevin? No one's going to break your heart like you did when you ended up there? Or is that oh. too big of a question? No, I think I, think I, can, I can say it. Say yeah. She's probably sitting on the other side of the door listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you if you ever decide to get married, whatever it is, would you get married in Colorado? Where where would you decide to hold that? Or are you guys just elope somewhere and do whatever? Man, that's too much planning. I have no idea. It's not really my call either, right? Fair enough. Okay. Fair I'm enough. Just walk the ride on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like in a wedding you got to have a little bit of say. I know what you're saying, where they they they, they have a lot of the pool, but you at least got to be able to pick what you want to wear and some stuff like that. And the ring you want to, if you're if you're a person that wears rings, at least you want to pick your own ring to throw on. You know what I mean? So she at least has family in Raleigh, and she uh, she did her masters in state. So uh, that's another thing that may take me back. Yeah. North Carolina, go hang in Raleigh for Christmas or something. Like there you go. There you go. Nice. <sighs> Let's see what else do I have here. I guess you know, like I said, what else besides your work? Then what do you do for fun out there? Man, I take pictures for fun. I do yard work. And <laughs> 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 like, like I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. The hiking is good. People here love like doing all that outdoor stuff and spend like a lot of time out like in the woods. I kind of like spend my time riding my bike with a camera slung on my back around the city of Denver. Like, Sounds sorry. about like what you were doing here. Pretty much. Tough to get me out of this out of the city. Yeah. Sure. So, okay. You you brought up the marijuana, and I feel like since you're living in Colorado and that feels like that was the epicenter of like trying to get the ball rolling of legal marijuana and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was at Vegas about a year ago for a Nathan Schaefer's bachelor party, and that was the first time I went to a legal dispensary. Like well, and sure, it was right? It was it was wild. I mean, I had never experienced anything like that. To see the different strands and the different products presented in a professional way, other than just your guy down your dorm room hall or the guy on the street or whatever your buddies hook up, you know, it was just kind of mind blowing and just see the professionalism of it when, you know, you grow up and everyone's just bashing it like it's such it's so terrible. It's this and that and the third and all that stuff. So what has been your experience out there? And how kind of like have you seen that business kind of boom, you know? And and you know, are there better like you know, is there a Walmart version? Is there a Target like store? Like, what is the different? You know, is all that kind of stuff? Is there a Dollar General store? I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's definitely different tiers. The one that I like to go to has a bargain bin, which is why I like it. Buy, buy one, yeah. get, you know, buy buy one get one free kind of thing. Yeah, then, like that's like one end of the spectrum, and then you have like the fancy boutiques. You know, they're like they're really trying to talk up the artisanship, and like I don't know, I never really bought into like different kinds of weed, so I don't really like when they try and be like, this one's fantastic. It has like all of these turps in it and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't care, man. Like. Is it gonna get me high? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get me high. Because that. Go ahead, Kevin. I was gonna say, I don't know. I mean, the business boom for sure. Though, I mean, tons of those people who are coming out here were coming out here to work in the business. Um, there's definitely like a social justice and angle to this, where there's like still like a lot of people, like most of people of color, who are like serving time. Yep. Legal and that stuff, like. You know, the businesses are typically run by white folks, so like that's like problematic. But I think like one of the, one of the things that's, that's kind of interesting is that Denver hasn't figured out how to allow you to use cannabis in public really yet. Like okay. the indoor air act, you know, the one thing and people can smoke anything inside. You can't smoke pot inside inside because it's air quality issue. Yeah. And so, like, there's, like, maybe two places where you can, like, hit a vape inside. I'm like, man, like, if they could only open this up, there'd be so many great opportunities. Like, I had this idea for, called the lawn drill mat. You just, like, smoke up into your laundry, like, the video game. Yeah. I think there's a spa, but, like, maybe you can't, maybe you can smoke in there. There's, like, we have one thing here 
since they call themselves the Church of Cannabis, actual <laughs> giant old church building. It's like I think I think they can do this because it's a private club, so they don't they don't have to deal with like the indoor air laws. But like you pay to be a member, and then you can like go inside this gigantic church and get stoned. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's really Give me some activities yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, 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 kind of, kind of to add to that. So, like, you know how, like, you have, like, your, they have cigar shops, they have hookah shops and oh. all those types of things, and they have those lounges where you can smoke hookah inside. Like, I don't see why the, the big issue would be to be able to smoke, you know, blow it down in a brewery. I don't want to blow it down in a brewery. <laughs> yeah, they haven't figured it out yet. I mean, it's like for as much pot as there is in this town, there's not a whole lot of places to smoke it if you don't have a house. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that was that was the wild that was the wild thing to me in Vegas is people just lighting up wherever. Sure. I mean, you're just like whoa, like you know, especially, and I've said it before, coming from a a small rural town in Charlotte, North Carolina area to hitting Vegas, and you're just like, I mean, there's a reason it's called Sin City, but it's just you know everything out there, so. To hear that, though, like, they haven't figured out, like you said, we can't smoke inside. We get that. I understand there's some places you just don't want I mean, I, you know, you don't even want to smell that smoke or cigarette smoke or whatever. But yeah. I feel like, yeah, if you, if you made some different places where you could, I mean, you could definitely business would be booming. They must have it figured out in Vegas. You can smoke cigarettes inside the casinos. <laughs> <laughs> they just had this thing. I think they finally outlawed it. It was, it was like an app where you, like, tell them where you are, like, you know, you're going to pick up a Uber or something. And instead of an Uber, this, like, gigantic charter bus would pull up. You could, like, go in the bus and just loops around the city while you, like, get stoned in the back and then, like, ready to get off. <laughs> so raise your hand, get off the bus. <laughs> wow. That's not bad. Was that, in, was that in Denver or was that in Vegas? Yeah. Was in Denver. Oh, wow. I haven't seen him around in a while, though. So it must have been it was like a party bus. It was like a party bus. But you just smoked. Like a nice bus. That is a, that is a good idea. It seems like a lot of cleaning. And then there's got to be some kind of, like you said, the, 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 the legalities in there somewhere. You know, you, you get busted real quick with something. I don't know. But yeah. it does sound like a good idea. I mean, with all those different flavors you'll have on there, like, I mean, I don't, they, they've got to come up with something to kind of have some type of spot where you can go to and you can do what you do. Because if you've got, like I said, you may not have the stronger of a scent, but if you, if you go kind of more upscale or even you can go Dollar General style, this, there may be like a, a, a room or a section where it's just one area where you just have that one style. Or if they have something that's outdoor style too, where you kind of just separate yourself and whatnot, but, hey, man, I don't know. I live in Charlotte. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, Jeeves, are you ready? Yeah, hold on. Let me get it. Oh, so you're not ready. Not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Open the phone. All right. So now, Kevin, I'm going to ask you the hit it, Jeeves. <laughs> Warehouse Distillery, Wine on the Bridge, Escape 109, Triple Whammy Sauces. Notebook question. I've sent Kevin some pictures of our notebook. Have you picked out a question to ask? I picked a question, but I, I kind of feel like, can I like create a question? Uh, how about ask that question, and then if we got time, then you can create a question, and we'll go off that. Right, the question I was going to ask, well, from your notebook, is the most expensive thing you own. Ooh. I don't, well, I, 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 uh, the easy one is, you know, obviously paying, paying my house. So I got to say my house. The question says, the question says besides your house and car. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause that would be the next one. House and car. Besides your car? Yeah. No house and car. Okay. Uh, I'll probably say it's my living room couch. You know, it's like some crazy rare sign football or something like that? No, no, that's not. The, the, no, I mean, I haven't looked at those prices, that stuff. But I think the couch we got was pretty expensive because we wanted to make sure we had a couch and we didn't buy another one for 30 years. So it's a nice leather couch that fits people sh- shouldn't wear and tear. So I'll say my couch. It was. I want to say it was around like 4500 Just one of them crazy you got a payment plan no interest so why not do it for two years no interest just pay 150 bucks a month and like i said i don't plan on buying a couch until 20 20, 25 years from now 
comfy? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. They they can all attest to it. It's real comfy. Yeah. There's a it's like a you know, it's like that half square, whatever that L shaped couch. Yeah, like an L shape. And there's a corner of it, Kevin, no matter if you've slept eight to ten hours a night or not, if you sit in that corner, you will instantly in the amount of ten minutes fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just boom. It not it, the couch is so comfy, my parents went and bought the uh like the smaller version of it for their house because they kept like realizing how comfy that couch was. Yep. So that's that's my probably the one most expensive thing. Uh, I would have to say it's the uh, sleep number bed that I have. Jeez. Oh, geez, big baller, <laughs> shot caller. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, it was, it was, it's a hammy down, but oh. I own it now. So my mom and dad upgraded theirs. They gave their old one to me. Oh. And it's it's pretty legit. So wait. You cool with sleeping on a mattress that your parents got busy on? <laughs> I don't have one in the streets if they got busy on. Oh. I got my own stuff. Nah, it's just too much mental images for me to have to do that. I see. You, know, you all you all to the mental images. I, I just I just. just <laughs> yeah. It's uh. 75? 75. Because it goes in the increments of five. Like you have to, when you set it up, you have to uh, load it all the way up to 100, and then you go down from 100. Kevin, do you have a sleep number? No. Nah. I looked at those. We looked, Jerry and I looked at those when we bought a house, and we were looking for a new bed. And I just, I couldn't come to pay. I mean, I know I just talked about buying a couch. That was pretty expensive. But I just, we just couldn't. That was just too much for a bed to me, especially when you find mattresses that are something else. The couch was like so specific, and it fit our room perfectly. For a bed, I feel like there's so many stuff. Now I know, Jeeves, I'm not ragging on you for it, but I still, that's a wild move to be in the bed that your parents got busy in. That's wild. I didn't think about that. <laughs> now you will. Now you will. Every time you lay down, you gonna say, "I hope this isn't my mom's thing." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a wild move. tie you with that one. Those things are expensive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say nine, like I said, I, it had to be the AC unit. Yep. Day, I mean, it was That's true. It. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm happy about it. I, y'all have no issues coming over with AC, heat, all of it. We'll, we'll find out when the pandemic's over if that AC unit's for yeah. real. Exactly. But uh, I guess non-house-related, I would say just my selection of sneakers. Ah, my, yeah. Like, just a um, this is a selection that I've, I've, I've grown to kind of build up. I mean, the ones that I haven't, ooh, ooh, I haven't counted in a while. I'll tell you <laughs> this: I bought, I bought six since the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> There's been an uptick in the pandemic, huh? And, and I haven't worn them yet. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, they just so. Are you all wearing when the pandemic's over. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I wearing them to? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Coming over to play beer your cart in the basement once every now and then. Okay, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Kevin P uh, or Kevin B? Yeah. Doesn't make me feel like uh, 
much of an adult because I'm going through in my head. And I'm like, well, that's only worth a couple hundred dollars. But uh, <laughs> I've got, you know, I got like a retro video game collection, which all, if you add everything up, it's probably worth thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I've got, um, you know, Jacob knows I collect uh, like sporting cards and stuff. So some of that stuff's pretty expensive. So add all that stuff together. But yeah. what is the most thing, most expensive thing you've bought? You mean, huh? The most like I know you didn't go buy that LeBron James rookie card that was twenty three thousand dollars. Though you no, wish I'm, I almost did buy one that was like a thousand bucks. Oh, uh, oh. Recently, but I did. Yeah, that's, that's a smart. Thing. It's worth like three thousand now. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't. I, I was trying to not be boring, but uh. No, we just bought some furniture and a bed and stuff, so yeah. it's probably it's probably gonna be on that. Yeah. Your yeah, Xbox One, that's gotta be up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Alright, Kevin, what's the most expensive thing? Man, it's gotta be my dog. I think oh, she's not sick. Yeah. Much. No. I mean and like I can't help myself either when I'm like at the store, like I gotta get some food and I'm like, well like maybe you want some treats. Probably a good toy. I just yeah. like can't not myself. It's all expensive. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up. Like, uh, obviously, we have a kid, and that is, yeah, that's way expensive, but we got a kid, two cats, a lizard, and a rabbit. And I, like, every time I hear someone talk about, like, oh, you guys should get a dog, I'm like, nah, I'm good. There's just no need. There's just no need for, like, we just, like I said, we went to the beach last week. And Jerry and his parents had two chihuahuas, which aren't big dogs, just cool little two chihuahuas. And just them having to, like, look for a place that accommodates dogs if you're traveling, slash then take them out for walks all the time. And then, like, oh, they shit or piss somewhere. And it's just like, I just said, I just don't need that right now in my life. So, but, you know. And then you, you just like you're doing double work because you got to think about okay, you're getting up to get Luke up. Okay, now I got to get up and get dog, dog out. out. Yeah. Okay, well, well, Luke is good. Dog got to go back out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kevin. So, what's the question you came up with? Well, I was I was thinking like, what business would you pair with a with a marijuana consumer? Like, I Ooh. gave the example of the of the laundromat. Like, what is another service that you would provide? alongside smoking pot. First thing that came to my mind as soon as you said that was every year I feel like when Girl Scout cookies go on sale, there's like that picture of Girl Scouts sitting outside of a dispensary and they're just raking it in. So I would say like a business to where you, like your food, like you would allow the Girl Scouts to come in for a little bit, right? And then like you would you would always have your snacks, but then you would have like certain food items per the year that would pair well for the seasons for the for the marijuana that you've got there. Yes, yes. Like to you know, fall comes rolling around, so you throw all the pumpkin stuff in there with the pumpkin weed, and then you got the pumpkin brownies, the pumpkin bread infused with weed. But then on top of this, like then you got your just regular non-weed snacks too that you're gonna buy, you know, stuff like that. So it's some kind of food snack to complement the the green. Natural. Yeah. That would be mine. I think, uh, well, Kevin may have brought it up, but I, you know, the bar arcades were pretty popular. So, you know, a weed arcade kind of <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that would probably work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I'd have to go on the long lines with Jake, um, but mine would be a mobile kind of like dispensary food thing. Like a like a food truck, Ooh. but with like a like like Jake was saying, like infused like brownies, cookies, but also se- like selling selling that kind of stuff. But like you just move move around from like, like place to place, or have like a known spot that everybody comes to, like every every day after a certain time or whatever. So like it'd be like an ice cream truck, and like you'd flip on your music, and it'd just be weed related songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like because uh, I've been to like hookah spots and hookah lounges and I think it would be those because most cases when most people get 
to that that degree of being high. Most times they want to just be able to chill, listen to music, whatever. And typically at those the spots around us, you still have your, they still sell alcohol, you still get your beverages, and then you still have your sections where you can sit, talk to friends, whatever, you can smoke, whatever you got right there. Now, caveat to that is when you come back out, to kind of speak to what uh, Jeeves and Jacob were talking about, when you come out of the spot, there's also a section where there's two or three food trucks as well. So the thing you can come out, because when you come out nine times out of ten, you're hungry. Even if you've been <laughs> drinking, you want some type yeah. of food. Yeah. So if you're just smoking, it's like, okay, well, i got to eat something. And typically, if you've got your, your seafood, because some people might want to try and be healthy, then you've got your seafood, then you've got your just greasy southern food, your chicken, your pizza, your burgers, all that type of stuff. Like, okay, so I need this. And then you just got whatever else you may want. So I think that's what I would have. All right, I'm gonna throw one more into the ring. Lazy River. That's it. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good idea. That's actually not a yeah. That's actually not, that's a, not a bad, bad idea. idea. <laughs> now the problem though, like you'd have to almost have like the Great Wolf Lodge type. You'd want one during the summer to be outside, right, in Colorado. But sure. then you also might need one for inside for when the winters hit, just to keep the business going. Or were you just thinking a summer only thing? No, no problem. Okay. Uh, no expense spared. Just make it as best as it can be. Yeah. Badass stone lazy river you ever did go to. <laughs> well, we know if we see anybody, you got to be on the lookout now for any of these business ideas that may pop up. And start trademarking. And yeah. then, and then we need to get a little piece of that pie if someone steals an yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, before we sign off, I did want to just mention we do have our NFL Pick'em is up and able to log in, go to Yahoo. It's the Pick'em League, and you do ID 476, password, capital B, it's Beards. And other than that, you know, Kevin, you got any final words, final thoughts? No, man, it's good to see y'all. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been like I said, I said before the podcast, the last time I had texted Kevin was, November of 2013, and I want to say it was when we would all used to go to uh, Fox and the Hound the day before or the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And he had already, and, and all he all he replied back was in Colorado, "What's up?" And then I think hours later, I just replied, "Oh, it was at the Fox last night." So, you know, it's been oh, that's seven years ago, coming up on seven years. So that's pretty wild. Shit, you can go there anymore. <laughs> I know. Is it? Is anybody? Started thinking about the holidays now with COVID going on. Like, what are you going to do? I don't know. Especially get a wedding in New Orleans in October. So we'll see about that. Yeah, right? So it's like, I'm just kind of like, we thought by now we'd at least have this under wraps and control a little bit. We've taken a couple months because people wanted to go crazy. Now people are actually forced to wear masks, so it has numbers have gone down. But I just keep thinking, man, it's... I don't even know if 2021 is going to start off right. It just seems kind of yeah. bleak right now, even though it's only August. Still a lot of left time left in the fourth quarter, but it just, I don't know. I'm trying to stay positive, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah it's real tough, man. I, uh, I haven't even thought about it. Even though my mom said that on my birthday, she's wanting to put up the Christmas tree. You know See, how do with that. I was so about to ask you about up. that. Yeah, so it's probably going to go up. I mean, I think that's going to still the energy will still be nice. I, I told her it's going to be tough because, I mean, most of everybody's gifts, I mean, I'm ordering most of my shit online. I'm not going up at the ball. Like, yeah. no, I'm okay. You know, so um, it's going to be different. But I think, like, with anything, you know, you make the best of it. You know, you still continue to love on your family and do the best you can. So, you know, we got time. You know, I'll still be in spirit, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, so, Duvall, also quick. So I finally had to – Trim the beard a little bit. I was looking a little too homeless, and I was also looking like I was 50 pounds heavier than I was supposed to be looking. So I was like, yo, I got to at least trim this a little bit. But I've kept the hair. I I think I will try to make it to your birthday with the long hair, but I'm getting a lot of pressure from people inside of this house other than me to trim my hair. So I don't know if I need to keep, you know, keep dancing with the devil on that line with the other lady in this household. So... Listen, man, don't let me ruin it. <laughs> hey, listen, you got to cut it. Cut it, man. I, I, I talked to my mom yesterday, and I told her, I said, I, it's just one of 
character character. Now, as far as the beard, I know that I'll I'll eventually smooth that out at about my birthday. Yeah. But my hair, I just let it go and just let it do what it do. Man. Yeah. See what happens. I had to, like I said, I finally had to trim the beard up a little bit, and then I I think since our initial challenge was to your birthday, I will honor that challenge. I will honor that challenge. But once it gets past your birthday, I think I gotta go get at least it trimmed up a little bit just to to make sure we don't have any uh any breakdowns or trash talk coming from the opposite side of the household. So Or I don't want you to wake up in the middle of the night and you got a mohawk. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be a mohawk, it would just be like just shaved like a random, so I'd have to get it cut regardless. So Yeah. <laughs> Just enough to wake you up, and you know it's messed up. Yep. You got to be. <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin, thanks for stopping by, man. Next time you're in the vicinity, hopefully there's no COVID, and you can you can say what's up. Come check out the basement down here. Get you around a burial cart carton or something. Yeah. Uh, keep us keep us enlightened on all the all things Denver and everything else. And again, thanks for stopping by, and uh, thanks to you, Kevin P, as well, and Jeeves and Duvall, and then everyone stick around. Afterwards, so we can get a picture for all the social medias. And I guess, Kevin, it's been a while. Kevin Petriella, how do we end the podcast, man? Peace.